Hi, folks, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I explore a different topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. I'm your host, Jess Sertikoff Ramola, a registered dietitian, dietitian supervisor, and owner of Empowering Dietitians, where I help burnt out and unhappy dietitians opt out of hustle culture and reclaim their passion and purpose as a human first and dietitian second. After all, we are all more than a dietitian. In this episode, I want to talk about cycles and seasons. Hustle culture expects us to show up with dependable, consistent energy day in and day out. But that's not the reality for many of us. Whether it's seasonal fluctuations, even seasonal affective disorder, or your own menstrual cycle, your body does not operate on a 24-hour clock 365 days a year. Listen in as I compare our circadian rhythm with less often discussed infradian rhythms and how understanding the nuance and complexity of our unique bodies can be life-changing in how we approach our day-to-day decisions, both in and out of work. Plus, you'll get a taste of the energy I'll be bringing to the table during my upcoming spring solstice workshop for dietitians, which is a little woo, but probably less woo than you might be thinking based on the name. All are welcome. It's happening March 20th, and you can find out all of the details in the outro or show notes, and I'll be chatting a little bit about it in the episode itself. I hope to see you at the workshop. We all know the circadian rhythm, right? Wellness culture is pretty obsessed with it right now, as is hustle culture masquerading as wellness culture. I hear it all the time. Honor your circadian rhythm. Don't expose yourself to blue light in the evening. Make sure you sleep when your body is meant to be sleeping. Look at all of the health conditions that you're at risk of if you don't, like if you happen to work the second shift or you stay up too late or you scroll on TikTok before bed, right? I used to be pretty obsessed with circadian rhythm too. It's like this life hack version of hustle culture that feels like it's all about taking care of yourself and leaning into rhythms, but it's very focused on doing so only as a means to be more productive in the long run most of the time. And to be sure, circadian rhythm is impactful. This 24-hour cycle that many of our hormones go through does influence our energy, our focus, our stress response, our hunger cues. And it is true that if you work second, third shifts, um, if you do stay up too late, you can be at more risk of certain health conditions. But what if I told you that it's not the only rhythm in town? See, humans overall, no matter their gender identity, no matter their reproductive hormone cascade, yeah, we all experience a circadian rhythm, and that is influential to our health. And we also all experience what's known as infradian rhythms. An infradian rhythm is any rhythm that impacts our energy fluctuations, hormones, stress response, appetite, basically anything that influences similar things compared to the circadian rhythm, but it's not based on a 24-hour cycle or the cycle of daylight. Essentially, it means beyond 24 hours, beyond circadian. In other animals, migration and hibernation patterns are considered infradian. 
In humans, seasonal affective disorder is considered infradian as well. But by far the most commonly spoken about one, if we can even consider it to be commonly spoken about, is the menstrual cycle. I've spoken about this before, by the way. January of last year, episode 75, The Antidote to Hustle Culture. I spoke a lot about cycles and the discrepancy between how hustle culture expects us to function energetically compared to how we function more realistically, particularly if we are people who menstruate. It's a nice compliment to this one if you haven't listened to it. I'll include it in the show notes. But I haven't dedicated an entire episode to it. And as I explore the topic of infradian rhythms more and learn more about them, it feels like an important episode in its own right. And to be fair, if you are not a dietitian who menstruates, please don't check out. <laughs> I encourage you to stay because while I am going to talk about the menstrual cycle and how it impacts dietitians who menstruate, since and I'm going to spend a good chunk of time there since the available data indicates that over 90% of dietitians are women, though this number might be skewed because we fail to account for non-binary or gender fluid dietitians. Um, and certainly not all female dietitians menstruate, but I think it's probably safe to say that many do. So I absolutely want to take some time to talk through that. Um, but again, remember, uh, Infradian rhythms do not only affect menstruating people, so we will be talking also about seasonal ebbs and flows as well. But I want to start a little bit with the patriarchy in the sense that um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that for most people who menstruate, the menstrual cycle is going to have the largest bearing on fluctuations in your energy compared to all like forget circadian, forget um, forget seasonal ebbs and flows your menstrual cycle is most likely going to be the largest factor. I, I'm not basing that on research. <laughs> that is just my opinion. Um, and for people who don't menstruate, circadian rhythm is probably going to be the dominant one. And the workforce was largely created for people who don't menstruate by people who don't menstruate aka people who by and large experience pretty predictable and circadian fluctuations in energy. Again, it doesn't mean they're not impacted by seasonal ebbs and flows and other things. We'll talk about that. Um, it, and it is hard to like point an exact causal finger at this one because it happens so subtly over time. I think this is where some people think that I get a little bit like conspiracy theorist, um, but it is generally theorized that the flow of a typical workday, particularly in corporate style jobs, is by and large based on how men's or non-menstruating people's energies flow through the day. That is, there is a push for productivity in the late morning when their focus tends to be high. There's a break for lunch, followed by more social opportunities in the form of afternoon meetings, when their hormones are most conducive to socialization and relationship building. And then when their energy starts to decline, they return home in the evening to rest and recharge and get ready for the next day. Of course, this is not a perfect depiction of how every single man experiences energy, but based on typical male hormone fluctuations, it tends to be a pretty common theme. It's also important to note that as healthcare workers, we don't all hold corporate style jobs and your workday may look different, though I would be curious to know if it has some parallels. So for example, if you're a clinical dietitian, you may do most of your like socializing as in seeing 
patients earlier in the day, but that's also the bulk of your product productive work, right? So you may, a lot of times the clinical dietitians I work with push to see as many patients as they can before lunchtime and then finish up with charting in the afternoon. Again, that's a little bit flip-flopped in that you're a, a little bit more isolated, though you may be interacting with your teammates more. Um, in the afternoon, because that's when your focus and productivity are not as high. So that doesn't require as much energy on your part. I know that I personally prefer to do more admin style work in the morning in my business. And I see clients in the afternoon rather than vice versa. Again, that falls into that circadian pattern of focus and productivity in the morning and more socialization and networking in the afternoon. Because although I am someone who menstruates, I do still have a circadian rhythm. It's not like it vanishes or is totally inconsequential. Here's the rub though. This workflow cycle repeats every day, roughly five days a week, approximately 260 days a year, give or take depending on your time off. But the circadian rhythm is not the only biological mechanism that dictates how we show up as a dietitian every day. So, let's start by talking about the seasons. And the one variable that I haven't really been able to like Google my way to a firm understanding about is how this impacts people living in areas where the climate is pretty constant throughout the year or in areas closer to the equator where daylight hours tend to not fluctuate quite as much. So for example, here in, in good old New Jersey, um, sunset can be as early as like 4 p.m. in the depths of winter or as late as 8 or 8.30 at the height of summer. It might even get close to 9 at some points. That's a pretty dramatic difference. Whereas other places, it's much more narrow. There's a less fluctuation. And then we get areas of the world like Norway and Alaska that experience polar night on the other end of the extreme with extended periods of darkness. And then there are other areas where seasons don't really change much. Weather is pretty consistent. Temperatures are pretty consistent. Again, I've lived my whole life on the east coast of the U.S. where, I mean, arguably it's getting a little bit less so, but for the most part, we have defined seasons, right? Um, typically, there are environmental markers for each one. So we have new blooms and buds and baby animals in the spring. We get more heat and direct sun and like full bloom of things in summer, along with some lovely humidity. <laughs> we get foliage and crisper air, leaves turning, leaves falling in the fall. And then we get barren trees, cold and sometimes snow in winter. Now, other areas are 75 and sunny pretty much all year round, or their winters are more prolonged, spanning six, seven, or more months, as opposed to the two or three that I tend to get. All of these things matter. They impact mood. They impact energy. They impact desires to be more introspective versus social and extroverted in our pastimes. And they can make appetite and sleep patterns change. They may change our creativity and our capacity. And like I said, I would be very curious to hear from you. If you're a dietitian who lives in a different climate, in a different part of the world, what is your experience like? Take some time to think. And if you are open to sharing, I'd love to hear from you. Right? 
How does it feel for you if you live in the Southern Hemisphere? How does it feel for you if you do live in Alaska, you experience polar night, all of those things. I'm fascinated by this. And the amount that I've been able to pull from literature and research is limited. Plus, I value lived experience in this area so much. And it's one of the reasons that I'm holding a spring solstice workshop in a few weeks because of this right here. We're cyclical beings and our energy isn't constant 365 days a year. Yet there is no acknowledgement of this in our work lives. We simply work, especially in healthcare. There's really no seasonality to the levels of productivity that are expected of us because people don't simply stop needing care from us when our energy levels dip, say in the winter. And it is absolutely a source of burnout because especially after you leave the somewhat cyclical nature of academic life, like there's a conversation to be had about how the breaks that you get in semesters in school don't necessarily line up with uh, your how your energy tends to flow seasonally, but you still get pretty accustomed to those periodic and extended breaks. And then we enter into the workforce and it's just this monotonous day in, day out Groundhog's Day that spans like 40 or more years of your life before you can retire, if we can even retire. It's a little bleak. And if you feel like you can't keep up, it in turn starts to feel like there's something wrong with you or that's how we're made to feel in this society. But see, if we think about the broad overview of the seasons, they don't have the same energy. Winter is more restful and restorative. Think hibernation, letting fields go fallow, retreating indoors to be cozy and warm and rest up. More traditionally, living off of the efforts that you put forth and the crops that you yielded earlier in the year. Then spring comes and the winter thaws. We can come out of the dark and solitude. We can plant our seeds and start to get ready for the year ahead once more. And in summer, we start to see all of that come into bloom. We may have the energy to really push toward our goals. And then fall. Historically, it's a harvest time, something that may appear to be very busy because there's a lot to do to prepare. Yet it's very much marked by making those preparations for the coming winter, kind of setting ourselves up for the harsher months ahead, tying up loose ends from our productive push earlier in the year. And I'm not here to romanticize an era that sounds idyllic, but that I never witnessed firsthand. I'm not here to say, let's go back. But no matter the culture of our ancestors, if we go back and far enough, you will find an ebb and flow to their work and to their lives in a way that modernization has taken from us. And to make matters more complex, if you're a person who menstruates, you have a whole other layer of energy nuance to take into account because you don't only have a circadian rhythm. You don't only have seasonal fluctuations. You also have roughly monthly fluctuations. And this is where we're going to start talking about periods. And depending on how regular your cycle is, it's not likely going to be absolute clockwork. The same way that seasonal shifts are not absolute clockwork. It can be helpful to think of the menstrual cycle as a microcosm of seasonal shifts. You'll often see the four phases of the cycle associated either with the seasons themselves 
or with the lunar cycle. And like as an aside, because we all live under the same moon, um, if you don't menstruate, you can still lean into lunar changes that mirror a menstrual cycle pretty closely if you feel pulled to. So let's start again with winter or inner winter. This is your period. It aligns with the new moon. Hormones across the board, like estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone are pretty low. Your energy will likely also be pretty low on and around actual menstruation, not to mention adding on to that some of the discomfort that you may or may not experience related to cramping or bloating or other symptoms. We're starting to see some pretty progressive legislation, not here in the US, unsurprisingly. Um, I believe it was, I could be getting this wrong. I thought it was Germany that just announced it, um, that they're now allowing some menstrual leave every month, which is such a cool thing to witness. Um, but it's this idea that you're not here on this planet in this moment to be out there crushing goals. It's time to sit back, to hibernate a bit, to rest and nurture yourself, to reflect. Even my more extroverted menstruating dietitians may find themselves around this time shying away from social commitments, and you may find yourself needing to work at a slower pace. From your period, you move into the follicular phase, which is associated with springtime and the first quarter moon. Physiologically, the uterine lining is rebuilding just as trees would be budding during actual springtime rebuilding from kind of that fallow, barren winter. Here, we see a sharp rise in both progesterone and estrogen, while testosterone tends to stay pretty steady. This is typically a time conducive to planting. Again, think planting seeds, figuratively. Not taking action, planning, easing back in. This also may be a good time for learning and observing Again, that foundational work that we need to do before we make big pushes and taking bigger action. From there, you enter into ovulation, uh, which is associated with your inner summer and associated with the full moon. It is a shorter phase typically and is marked by an increased increase in energy and creativity. Actual ovulation is kind of considered to be like a 24-hour event, but the hormonal effects like the elevations in estrogen and testosterone can be felt for a few days. This is usually a more extroverted time, even for us introverts, and communicating and taking action on those plans that you spent the last phase of your cycle making can be helpful. Thanks to testosterone, this is where we tend to feel that bigger push for focus and productivity. And lastly, we have the luteal phase, which is typically the longest. It's often damn near close to half of your entire cycle spent here. Um, it's associated with fall and the last quarter moon leading into the new moon. Um, and because it's such a long phase, the beginning of it is going to look and feel pretty different from the end of it. Particularly toward the end of it, you might notice your energy dipping, your mood fluctuating as you get closer to that menstrual phase itself. Just as like the tail of autumn may see some early snowfall or colder weather with the transitional lines blurring between the two seasons. But in general, we're going to start seeing another decline in productivity. I know, again, <laughs> this is a more reflective time thinking back on and evaluating perhaps the productivity that we experienced earlier in our cycle. If possible, you're gonna benefit from beginning to lighten your workload, 
prioritizing simpler tasks like editing, organizing, again, tying up loose ends here. Here we see that for people who menstruate, you may only experience a few days of the month with really high productive energy. It's no wonder so many of us feel exhausted and burnt out trying to show up with the same level of energy day in and day out. Now, I know what many of you are thinking here. Jess, you work from home. You own your own business. How nice it must be to be able to sync your cycle or sync up with the seasons to pace your work however you want. And I won't sugarcoat it. It is far easier to honor your unique cycles when you work for yourself. It infuriates me that we live in such a narrow-minded, patriarchal, capitalist society that it can often feel like we have to choose between a steady job with an employer and actually being able to honor your unique needs and create a work schedule that works with your energy and productivity rather than against them. But that doesn't mean that if you don't own your own business, you're shit out of luck. It will be harder for you, especially if you work for a larger corporation or your employers, managers, or other higher-ups don't respect the dramatic impact that seasons and or hormones have on us as employees. That's true. And there are still absolutely ways that you can tweak your life and your work to be more aligned with your needs. That's exactly what I want to talk to you about in my spring solstice workshop. It will be geared towards springtime, which again, my Southern Hemisphere dietitians are not on the brink of the way that we are here in the Northern Hemisphere, but you are of course still welcome to attend and pocket the information for when your springtime does roll around. And there will be a replay so you can tune back into it when it feels more aligned. Plus, because honestly, this is me going out on a limb here with this event. It's a little woo compared to a lot of the masterclasses and stuff I've offered in the past. It's not... We're not doing like creating altars, although you can do that on your own if you want to. We're not going full-blown woo, but it's a little experimental. And because it's experimental, because I'm not investing in CEU approval for it, and honestly, I don't even know how long it's going to be. I'm kind of just trying something new and seeing how it lasts. Um, I've decided to offer it at what I hope is a really affordable and accessible rate. The suggested price is $10, and I'm offering both an equity option of $5 and a pay-it-forward option of $15. That pay-it-forward option does help subsidize some individuals who feel more comfortable at the equity level. And there are no questions asked. You don't have to prove anything. You simply choose the level that feels most comfortable to you. Now, with this workshop, you'll be getting a workbook, and you can actively participate in the call live or you can sit quietly and keep to yourself if you want to do this work without sharing it with the others on the call. It's 100% what feels best to you. The goal is to help you understand spring as a season in more depth than we have today and how it relates to your work as a dietitian. I want to help you bring closure in a sense to the winter that we are emerging from and give you ideas for what seeds to plant as we transition to spring. And yeah, it's going to be realistic ideas, whether you're fully in charge of your schedule or not. Because there may be some things about your work life that you can't change, but that doesn't mean that you have to confine yourself to this endless rat race of feeling like you have to push yourself when you don't have anything left to give. You are so much more complex than one biological rhythm, and I want to help you embrace that complexity. If you're going to opt out of hustle culture, you're going to need something to opt into. And this seasonal cyclical way of living for me has been so eye-opening and fascinating to lean into. And I'd love to share with you what I've discovered.
Remember, tune into the outro or check out the show notes if you want to learn more at the Spring Solstice Workshop. And let me know what you thought of this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you liked what you heard, it would mean the world to me if you would rate it and leave a quick review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This quick action is one of the best ways you can support the podcast, help new dietitians find it, and show potential advertisers and guests the impact this show has on its listeners. And if you're looking for a little more from Empowering Dietitians, check out my upcoming Spring Solstice Workshop on March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. In this experimental workshop with equity and pay-it-forward pricing options available, as well as a replay, we will be doing a little spring cleaning of our minds, intentions, and goals as we transition from the introspective winter into the regenerative spring. If you've been feeling stuck, frustrated, or worn out, this workshop will show you how to lean into the energy of the seasons with as much or as little woo as you prefer to make greater strides in your work and life goals. Learn more and sign up at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash spring dash workshop. That's www.empoweringdietitians.com slash spring dash workshop.